0: everybody and good evening to all our listeners and to all our viewers welcome to the Asia pitch deck uh, podcast on social enterprise um, we have here today Elki from Little Oaks Effendi from Teague and Malik from Platform E I'm Kinaret and I'm your host for this uh, show tonight I will briefly introduce myself I'm the co founder of impact tech in impact tech we um, empower impact driven technology companies We like to say that we create leaders and uh, we create also success stories Uh, among the services we provide. We provide accelerator programs, corporate accelerator programs, workshops, and bespoke activities. I will now uh, ask Elki to please introduce yourself. Uh, ladies first.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Um, uh, I am
1: uh, the founder of Little Oak Organics. Uh, we're a, we're a, a bespoke nutrition uh, and infant formula company. Um, and we're in the process at the minute of uh, getting our business up and off the ground um, and producing what we hope will be uh, the most natural uh, and the most, uh, I suppose, infant formula that's as close to human breast milk as possible and the reason for that is really to I suppose provide the best nutrition for all these beautiful little babies that uh, that we're having around the world and making sure that all of them are fed well and and with the best nutrition
0: from the get-go okay thank you Fendi please introduce yourself
2: yeah hi I'm, I'm Fendi I'm from TIC TIC um, is a Singapore registered social enterprise uh, what we do is we gather marginalized women from homes from charities, and we train them to be seamstresses, so that they can be employed uh, um, to work in um, either design studios or alteration shops, or to do micro business, uh, so that we can bring their services out to the public, and they can get uh, you know uh, they freelance uh, as as seamstresses.
0: Okay, thank you. And we have here Malik, and uh, Malik is our uh, investor and advisor for the show tonight.
3: Thank you. Welcome to Platform E, everyone. Thank uh, you. Very good to see all of you here. Uh, my name is Malik and I run uh, Platform E together with my managing partner, Rina uh, Platform E is SIM's uh, entrepreneurship center. Uh, I look after all business development activities uh, for Platform E and also uh, the community as well. And we, we are all about the entrepreneur. We want to bring great ancillary services, great programs, and, and, and opportunities so that entrepreneurs can can, can uh, thrive in the in this environment. Uh, I also have the privilege of being business advisor to Teague, and thanks to Effendi and his wife, uh, Haslina, uh, for providing that opportunity as well. Thank you, Mani.
0: Okay, so back to you, uh, Teague. Uh, I want to know uh, what brought you to start this business, and just for personal interest, how many uh, ladies you have working for you today?
2: Um, what got me started? Yeah, I, I tell guess us your why. My why is uh, first that there's a big problem out there. There are a lot of uh, marginalized women who are living on aid. Uh, they don't get enough aid uh, from uh, from charities, from organization, and and uh, they are stuck because they are not uh, educated enough. Uh, so we wanted to provide them with a platform whereby um, education is not a factor. Uh, something we teach them skills, we teach them sewing uh, so that they can bring a minimum income into the family. Uh, We even have a number uh, which is uh, 1008 so our target is for every woman we help, we must make sure they get a minimum of $1,800 per month. Uh, How many people have we helped? Uh, Now uh, we have different phases in in our help, Uh, first they get trained. Uh, uh, as a sewist whereby they oh we call them sewists by the way it's sewing plus artists, not oh, seamstresses right. <laughs> uh, sewing artists huh? uh, so they, they at the first stage they must be able to sew for the family so I- even though they don't become uh, sewists later on at least the skills they've learned they, they can help their family the the second stage they will do a beneficiary driven collection we call it the sakura collection uh, there whereby they make a, a Uh tunic, in Japanese inspired tunic, and they sell them. Uh, we even uh rented a booth for them to sell, and the third phase is when they get commercial orders. So, uh, those women who have gone through all these three phases, eighty three of them. Very nice. Eighty three. Uh, my biggest why is because I've lived through the experience. I was homeless for two years when I was younger. Uh, it was my mother. Uh, we were homeless because of our divorce. So it was my mother who worked uh, really, really hard to take of four children, and all of us are are, are now successful. Uh, I would say successful, except me, who let go a very uh, comfortable job just to do this social enterprise. Oh, um, so
0: you left your job? To I, do I this? did. I did. Oh, uh, okay. uh,
2: yeah, I was always in the Ministry of Education. I was doing curriculum planning, and I was rep- uh, reporting uh, directly to uh, Minister uh, Minister of State. Uh, so at that time, uh, so, uh, and I was doing good. In fact, I got an award, a National Day Award. Uh, so it was kind of uh, subtle for me. I, I just had to climb the, the corporate ladder, uh, but I decided to do something different. Uh, I decided that at the end of the day, people will not remember me as the person who wrote the policy uh, that that makes um, uh, some impact in, in schools. They will not know. Uh, so I decided to come out of, of that world and decided to help the woman.
0: Okay, very inspiring, I must say. Thank okay. you, Elky, Share us. so uh, inspiring. Uh, I really am. Yeah. I'm so impressed. <laughs> uh, share us uh, your why, <clears throat> and uh, I also uh, assume you left a job to do what you're doing today. Yes, yes, a well-paid, very you know <laughs>
1: safe job, uh, but you know I wouldn't have it any other different way than being where I am today, and. Um, you know, my, my journey started back when I was about six years old, actually, and I remember watching a video of a lady who had returned back from Africa um, with all these hungry children and malnourished and, um, you know, very unhealthy. And I remember at that point in time, at six years old, not much older than my dad cut my daughter at the minute actually. And I remember thinking that's my role now if I'm gonna, I'm setting myself out to help the children of the world. Nobody should be hungry. There shouldn't be a child in this world that should go hungry. Um, And that, you know, I, I, I worked through that and then obviously actually tried to get into medicine to be a pediatrician did not make the grades. Uh, and I spent a number of years, you know, being quite remorseful about that. But nonetheless, um, about four years ago, three, four years ago, I had some a big, some hardship in my life a bit, and like your parents, uh, a divorce, and then some you know, some things that didn't go so well with the ex-husband, unfortunately. And we, I sat down and I said to myself, right, I either follow my dream now, um, which is either go and study medicine, or I find a career path that's really gonna inspire me. Because after everything that went on, I thought, right, I have it in me to survive anything. So off we go. So I looked around. Um, And I, you know, I came back to children and I came back to nutrition, which was really to me, you know, fundamentally the thing that uh, I suppose allows children to thrive and flourish. And that's what it was all about. Um, And Little Oak was born actually um, on a plane with a really wacky man sitting next to me saying, you have to follow your dream. You've got so much passion. Go for it. And I thought, right, well pediatrician I can study for another eight years and perhaps help a handful of children in my career or I can go and put my commercial experience together with my passion and build a business where I'm actually helping a lot of kids around the world. So um, the the my management team that works with me at the minute, they, I'm sure they're sick of me hearing this when I say <laughs> This business is all about making sure that no child goes hungry. Um, But as you probably know, as as when you're speaking to investors, they just want to know about how much money you're going to make. But for me, it's like, if we can actually make the right amount of money, we can make this commercially viable, uh, then we have the opportunity to make sure that our business has a very strong social conscience and can go out there and make sure that uh, the children here in Asia Pacific, but also further around the world, aren't going to bed with with an empty stomach
0: that's also very inspiring i must yeah. say as a mom also yeah so I know, right? thank you for sharing <laughs> you. uh now to you malik so uh we have here two uh, social enterprises and uh they're both raising funds and we'll ask them in a second uh, how much and to share but more about this journey but um as you are our investor and advisor today uh, it's a bit hard for social enterprises to raise money what can you tell these um, to startups or how can you advise them? Uh, what is the best way for them to pitch and scale?
3: I think from listening to many social enterprises uh, over the last couple of years, I think uh, you hit a key word, there, commercially viable. I think uh, every investor, uh, even for social enterprises, has to have that, that idea that's commercially viable. Sometimes we meet people who want to save the world and a little bit of naivety ki- kicks in as well. Uh, there's no sustainability in the business model. They will run out of cash after three or four years. And I always say, look, if you run out of cash out of three or four years, what's gonna to happen to that 20 people or 30 people that you have on your books? Mm-hmm. You have a moral responsibility to make sure that people who work for you uh, are also given the, the opportunity to succeed in their roles as well. Uh, the other thing I think is is sometimes uh, the problem is how do you value a business when it comes to to, to social enterprises? uh and that's where we to give you a life example why we we, we, we were helping uh Effendi, uh at uh, platform e is uh, we have a strong interest in in, in the individuals diaz the, the is a really good story uh not only Effendi quit his job uh his wife quit his job her job as well uh they are solid individuals trainable coachable uh but we're also there to make sure that they're sustainable that they have a commercial angle to the story as well. And many, many, many years ago, uh, I, I had a job with the British Council, uh, which was also a not-for-profit uh, registered charity. And uh, the the director sat me down one day and says, look, it's great giving away money, but you've got to make money to give away money uh, as well. And I think uh, behaviors as well. I think if, if social enterprises, uh, present to investors, they have to realize that they also have to go down the path of making sure their numbers make sense, their business story makes sense. Uh, and, and I think many investors out there actually see a correlation between social enterprises and businesses. I think that's the way to go that's the way in, uh, of the future. Unfortunately, sometimes they don't get the best advice, uh, they don't get the best mentors, they don't get the best uh, people on their board. Or, or, or directors who can help them uh, take the story so one of the things we always tell people is you know if if the social enterprise story is great but you don't understand the whole game of raising funds uh, bank loans you know exit stories you know get someone who would volunteer their time uh, who can value add to that story as well and i think if you can get that right uh, what i always say is also it's great if you can build a profit driven uh, part of your business to help the sustainable the, the, the whole story as well. Uh, I think it'll be a lot more palatable to to investors, and I think the the what investors be looking at at social enterprise from my perspective. I'll be looking at the individuals. I'll be looking at the stories. I'll be looking at how they're going to make the money. But what's also very important is how are they going to spend the money. Uh, sometimes we see social enterprises who would say, "Look, I need to raise a million dollars." And out of the million dollars is going to a really fancy office, uh, really poor, thick carpets. And you go, wait a minute, you know, the, is, is this part of the story? Uh, shouldn't you be bootstrapping a little bit uh, instead of traveling first class or business class for your, for your trips? Uh, so sometimes it, I, we get the feeling that social enterprises abuse or people use the social enterprise story uh, as a cover for, for, for real businesses and that's really unfortunate because there are really good social enterprises out there who get caught in, the, in, in this whole uh, web of deceit sometimes
0: mm-hmm. Okay, thank you uh, Effendi, uh, I wanted to ask you. So you help uh, Malay women uh, Did you ever think about helping maybe other uh, sectors here in Singapore or Chinese or Indian that can also do the same uh, thing?
2: Uh, we started off helping everybody so until uh, last year, the CEO of Mandaki uh, Self-Up Group um, heard how successful we were. Then she came over and said, okay, I'm gonna give you a grant. Can you focus on the community? So recently uh, our exposure has been towards the community, but traditionally we have always helped uh, many, many different groups. Um, the, we don't look at the uh, community um, uh, race. Uh, we we work with uh, the charities themselves, like for example, with Casa Rauda, they take in uh, abused women, women uh, who are abused due to domestic violence. Doesn't, doesn't matter which race they are from. So we help everybody, in it, uh, those who are willing to try uh, to get income through sewing. Uh, it, it has never uh, been. So only when uh, we decided to grow this further, because we have data uh, with Malay women more. Uh, last time we, when we helped, uh, like what Malik say when we started off with good intention, rather naive. So in terms of documentation, we may lack. So I, I do not want to tell investors something which I don't have real data. So I have data with Malay women. So when I pitch, I will show you that, okay, I'm going to help Malay women. At the same time, let me show you how I'm going to help the rest of the community. It's all about n- a nation building. If we help uh, a particular segment, the lower 30% of the population in terms of social economic status, uh, we are going to bridge a lot of gaps, not just uh, in terms of income gaps, and not in terms of uh, racial gap. Even um, uh, we develop a lot of understanding because the marginalized group actually are making clothes for those who can afford. So they meet in the middle. So we we help them meet in the middle. So they they realize they develop a certain uh, new sensibilities. Perhaps uh, we we cancel off certain bias, and through that interaction, uh, so we don't uh, we don't help just the Malay woman.
0: Okay, and I wanted to ask you one more thing. Uh, did you ever think of uh, doing something online so these women can sell? Because for now, you told you said that you take booth and. Uh, people need to come and actually buy. Did you think about doing this online so people globally can really buy this? uh,
2: Definitely. definitely That's Mm -hmm. why uh, we are raising funds. Okay. We want to do it online. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, We've been, uh, all the while before this, we've been focusing on gainful employment. Either we employ them or we ask our suppliers to employ the ladies. Uh, We are a victim of our own success. So when the numbers go to 83, employment doesn't seem to be a useful mechanism to ensure that these women have livable wages. So we are going towards uh, micro-entrepreneurship. Now for micro-entrepreneurship to, uh, to uh, work, they must have more platform or wider platform to sell their products. And definitely we are going online.
0: Okay, thank you. We'll, we'll talk about that soon, uh, LT. Uh, can you let us know a little about what what status are you in now are you raising funds how much and where you, where is it going to take you yes um, <clears throat> we've actually just closed off the um, initial
1: seed round which was you know as a as a founder of a business very exciting and you know when it's your dream and you see people backing you is is quite a big thing um so we're now moving into a series a um, and looking at raising around 6 million USD um, So we're at that point now we've got um, our first product coming off the um, I suppose production line if you will in uh, the next, by september which, which is exciting. very exciting yeah. i know yes yeah. so uh, um, that's in new zealand which you know as an australian big shout out to new zealand because i've decided that that is definitely one of the better places in the world um so we're really excited about that and uh another the additional funds will allow us to go into a much broader um, and a much bigger commercial um production Which then once, you know, obviously then we can start retailing properly, we can start driving that revenue, and then putting out the the core of what this business is about, uh, these initiatives around children and addressing the need of malnutrition, uh, particularly in the first instance in the region, um, start addressing those directly, which um, obviously, having started this business, I'm really excited about.
0: So the production is going to be done in New Zealand? Yes, New Zealand. Only New Zealand, or once you grow, you will have a... You will have a few other places that you want to. Produce. No, I think we'll stay
1: in. Well, for the certainly for the foreseeable future, it'll be New Zealand. You know, the the land of the rolling grassy hills and white clouds. It really is quite beautiful, and um and they have a really fantastic. They're really embracing of of startup companies. Um, they're really helpful. Uh, they really, you know, they really are great in terms of supporting you and introducing you to people, which is. You know, as a startup, um, it is one of the you know is one of the you know challenges. You've got to be able to pull your network together, and nine times out of ten, you're having to pivot quite quickly in terms of some of the decisions that you're making around the business. Um, you know, essentially to get the business up, you know, at a point that it's you know you can start you can start turning some revenues. Because in our, you know, the challenge that we've had is obviously getting to a point where we can. Uh, get the business to a to a certain milestone or reach certain milestones, and then um, give investors of that bigger round um, the confidence that you know we a, have a, we have a product that's going to make money and have the propensity to sell. We've got a great management team. We have great suppliers and great production. We have a solid sort of operation plan around it. So in our mind, it's been trying to get you know it's getting working with partners that we can make that happen quite quickly. Um, and New Zealand has facilitated that uh, a lot better than Australia, which, as an Australian, it's tough to say. Yeah, but I'm saying, it, and I'm putting it out yeah, there. It's uh, there. on the
0: radio, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my best friend, who's in New <laughs> Z-
1: who's a Kiwi, is just going to love this. I'm never going to hear the end
0: of it. <laughs> okay, um, Malik, when you uh, you're a business advisor to uh, Teague, uh, but to Elki, what can you, uh, as an investor and advisor, how can you advise her to raise these uh, six million dollars?
3: Well, I think it's good that you've got your seed money. That's that's a start. I, I would only probably give you three pieces of advice. I was writing it down. It's great you're asking for the $6 million. Uh, Number one advice is get your numbers right. Yes. Uh, scrub, absolutely it, scrub it, scrub it, scrub mm-hmm. uh, it. Test it, test it, test it. And if it gets torn apart, make sure it's defendable. Mm. That, that's important. Uh, also, get the right investor. Uh, there is a lot of money running around. Uh, getting the right investor who can then take your ambition to the next level sometimes there is a temptation to say uh, there is six million on the table Uh, the person is willing to invest in it but he is in textiles Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes the motives or the motivations for investment is important as well Uh, if he's not totally aligned with your business and he's not signed on to the vision sometimes it's safer to walk away uh, you don't want to take on money and then in, 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 in two or three years find that you have pressures from the investor to take the business to a certain uh, angle or to a certain spin, which is not in line with, with, with what you want uh, to achieve uh, in, in the short or medium term. I think that's very important. Uh, I also think that uh, the New Zealand story is a great story. I, I've, uh, I've, I've I'm a little bit biased. I was going to say yes, you're yes, I'm a Kiwi boy and yeah. yeah. Massey. Uh, I'm a Kiwi boy. <laughs> <laughs> I went to school in New Zealand. I was, I was, I was the first uh, <laughs> so non-Kiwi. Maybe you should invest.
1: Yes, we should.
3: <laughs> six million. U.S. or, or New Zealand?
1: U- <laughs> U.S. U.S. Yes, okay. Yes. Uh, well, the Kiwi dollar is not so bad at the minute. You yeah. never
3: know. I, I also think it's it's great. It's a great story. The whole New Zealand food safety, uh, New Zealand pure. Uh, clean and Green New Zealand, I think use that to your advantage as well. So tell that story uh, as much as you can. Uh, I think Singapore is a great place to be uh, with a manufacturing hub in, in New Zealand, Singapore being the hub to Southeast Asia. 600 million market within two hours of flying time. The ASEAN Economic, uh, economic Community is the fourth largest trading block in this part of the world. Indonesia is offering great opportunities as well. So keep on telling that story, uh, you know, make sure you get the right investor in. And, and, and one of the downsides sometimes is, uh, I always have that theory that the numbers don't lie. Uh, and sometimes when, you know, I, I feel really bad when, when when people with a great story, great entrepreneurs come up to us and say, look, this is what I want to do. And it's a great sell, and they don't seem to get their numbers right, uh, their projections, uh, their, their returns for investors and stuff like that, and, and and they fail because they don't seem to understand the importance of that. So I think those are the three points that I that okay, I would say. Thank
0: you. Thank you very much. Okay, I think it was helpful. I
1: definitely, and I think you're right. I think the numbers piece is, you know, I think it's um, you know, being able to stack that story up because ultimately, an investor is looking at those, you know, that spreadsheet those that work spreadsheet on a spreadsheet I love the spreadsheet on any given day but the de- detail that you know we have to go through and reassess and I'm you know I have uh, you know now two fabulous uh, two fabulous colleagues one of who is the who is a financing and modeling expert yeah. you should get him to help you cause not that you'd probably need, but he's just fantastic so he's you know but the modeling piece just takes so long and you're constantly i sit there and dream about numbers on a spreadsheet mm-hmm. now next to everything else but it's uh it's just it's just critical
3: one, one more piece of advice i'm also seeing a new trend here now where people are saying look if you want six million us are you going to do this in tranches mm-hmm. uh that's something to think about as well uh we we see people saying look if it's six million if what happens if I give you $2 million in the first two years and tranche it over a period of time? I think that kind of conversations are becoming uh, uh, more common these days, especially in this part of the world.
0: And it's good or bad?
3: Uh, I think it's good sometimes for the owner because we've seen instances where uh, revenue actually, they took in a smaller tranche they grew revenue and they didn't have to give as much away for the business mm. because they initially asked for seven and actually really they needed two to ramp up in Southeast Asia. And because of that, they got the two, revenue figures were coming in, was pumping to the business. Then again, they said, well, actually, I don't need seven. I may, may only need three or four. Uh, and they kept a lot more of the company and they didn't give away as much. Mm. Uh, that's becoming more common in this part of the world, I think, over the last year or so, and we're telling some of our, uh, our, our tenants or clients or partners at platform E that, hey, you know, is this really the amount you need to raise today? what does it what do you need to 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 take it to the next level and then you revisit this again. so the the, the school of thought a few years ago was raise all you can and because it's a lot more difficult to come back to the market to raise again. That was a school of thought, and that was what I believed in. Uh, but now I'm seeing people, you know, a lot of corporate finance houses, a lot of individuals saying, hang on, could I put 2 million and we re at what we could do again? So I think this is becoming more prevalent uh, as people are becoming a little bit more savvy in, in the way they, they park their money.
0: Okay. Um, Effendi, so you're raising funds. You want to grow online and maybe grow globally. How much are you raising?
2: Oh, this is the first time I'm raising funds. So. And
0: how, so, how were you until now? You were self funded?
2: Yes. So, previously, we've been doing business, get enough funds, do the social impact programs, run our money, then do business again, then run our money, then I uh, got the, so the money. The business then, paid for. Yeah, correct. Right. Okay. So, uh, the money that we need today is actually just. 432,000 Sing dollars.
0: 432? You have to explain the 32 to me. Why not 450? (laughs) Because we scrub it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Really scrub it, and and that's the the figure that we need today. Uh, uh, We have a whole approach. That 432K is actually for a social impact of 1.08 million per year. So, with that 432, we need one year of capacity building and the, uh, the year after that will be one point zero eight per annually annual per year social impact to fifty families. How we get one point zero eight? Basically, twelve times uh one point eight k times fifty families, fifty women. Uh, so that that's the figure that we are uh, looking at. And in that one year of capacity building, will will be in the black, will will break even. Uh, so that's the 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 funds that we are uh trying to get. Uh, it's our first time raising funds. We never raised funds before, but we have um, a solid plan. I feel in terms of approach, we have this thing called we call the skills shop shared space approach. For the skills, we teach them. Um, we teach the beneficiaries apparel accessories and and uh, alteration because there's a strong demand in sewing, especially in Singapore. Um, tailors are switching to become Uh, just to do alteration, not to do uh, any garments, because it's a cash cow. In terms of capability, uh, we are the leading um, company, social enterprise, that is able to make beneficiaries from zero to hero. Beneficiaries with their baggages, with their problems, who are able to make untrained women with problems to become seamstresses. So that is a capability and it's been recognized Uh, We got the Community Leaders uh, Forum grant uh, to acknowledge, to recognize our effort there. Uh, In terms of sustainability, moving forward, we have already secured um, exclusive right to conduct sewing training uh, for women by uh, one of the leading training centers in Singapore, SENS. So all the sewing will be done by us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need we need funds for that, for the skills parts. That's the skills pillar. Uh, capacity building, definitely we need a bigger space. So we need to pay rent and so forth. Uh, definitely no no carpet. <laughs> no, carpet. <laughs> no, no thick carpet. Thick, carpet. No thick, carpet. thick, no thick, carpet. thick carpet, carpet you can have, just
3: yeah. no thick. <laughs> <laughs> the IKEA the,
2: ones. The second pillar we call the shop. Now this, this time, uh, level one, the beneficiaries will be uh, hired by us to run the shop in terms of capacity, uh, we are well known providing uh, pro- for providing good quality uh, sewing, even though it's done by the beneficiaries. There were programs like us before, but never with the same QC, because we have a, a system whereby all the sewing done by the these ladies go through us, go through a QC process before the we give to the client, because people don't do. Uh, PT buying maybe they do it once, but if they want, you want them to always make garments with us. We have to make sure it's the best, right? and they'll they'll keep coming. In terms of uh, sustainability, we we have really created a beneficiary-driven label. We tested with Sakura I mentioned earlier. It was well received. Uh, we're going to do something called Be Authentic, so the T A G at the back. Ah, ah yeah. yeah. We tested with we, uh, we tested that label. Own label
0: yeah. Correct.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. own label. Uh, we tested it uh, with the youth. We had a streetwear called Be Authentic. It, it went quite well, also. So we need to build that part, the shop pillar.
0: Did you think about selling to other stores like uh, your, you know, your? Um,
2: we have. We, in okay. fact, we have. That's what yeah. that's where the the money came uh, previously, B two B. So we we sell white white label, uh, mm-hmm. especially those who want to sell online. Uh, there are two kinds. One, they just want to test it out. They want to try selling online. So we sell. Uh, jogger pants, for example, then they put their own label. Uh, some of them bought from Vietnam. When the first first batch is okay, second batch a lot of problems. So we alter it. Uh, we make some embellishment and they sell it at a higher price. Mm-hmm. So we have been doing that. Okay. Uh, and uh, we're going to start uh, another one, which we call Super Kids. not Super Kids. S E W P R. Super Kids. So. Um, one one enrichment center have taken up our program, so we are on a profit-sharing basis. Uh, it's in a mall. Uh, the company is called uh, Imaginesium. Uh, Gymnasium and Imagine, so they combine it together. So, uh, so we, we have that. So we need, uh, for capacity building, we need funding to, to develop the label and to develop the uh, program for super kids. Now, in terms of shared space, our approach is our beneficiaries, many of them live in one-room flat. Uh, they may not have the space, but they may have the skill. So we want them to come over to our place to, to create a lot uh, of new uh, designs. In fact, many of them, especially the young ones, they are very creative. But because their talent was never nurtured or never discovered, um, there's no place for them to, to do this.
0: They want to have a co-working space
2: for you, right? Correct. A uh, co-working space, Platform E, Maybe platform S for sewing. <laughs>
0: platform T for
2: Yeah, platform T for T. In terms of our capability, we have been doing that for the longest time. Uh, but our place is small. Uh, it is working. It's working for the beneficiaries. And um, in terms of sustainability, we don't have uh, uh, any space except the one that given by platform E. And, and that's wonderful. You know? Uh, So we're going to start with that one. We really want to grow and we see whether we can uh, uh, make more of them. In fact, through our partnership, oh yeah, one more thing. Our our advantage is we have uh, signed MOUs with um, a lot of charities. In fact, 11 11 of them. Uh, Not all of them have MOUs, but we have our close working relationship with 11 of them. So the money they put in would definitely... uh, impact those who need uh, help. And that is a figure to it, 1.08 mil, okay. every year. And we are uh, we are willing, uh, it's gonna be in the black after year one.
0: Okay, thank you. So if anybody wants to invest $432,000, dollars. Dollars, <laughs> uh, please uh, contact Fendi uh, from Teague after this show. Uh, okay, I want to ask uh, each one of you to share with us a funny story during his entrepreneurial journey. Uh, and we will start actually with you, uh, Malik, because you are also an entrepreneur. So you can share with us a funny story, uh, something that, is, uh, that happened to you.
3: I think well, will be lots and lots of uh, funny stories, some really sad stories as well. Uh, but I think the, being, you know, when I was doing trade commission work for, for New Zealand, uh, there was a certain expectation that uh, businesses pay taxes in New Zealand and you get honeymakers and you've got all kinds of strange businesses coming out uh, to Singapore, knocking on your door saying, look, you've got to help me uh, get a partner, grow the business and take me to the region and I want to be super rich. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. New Zealand is blessed as a nation of SMEs. But one of the biggest problems is scaling those SMEs into MNCs or international businesses. I once uh, spoke to a family who were making uh, leisure craft boats, uh, fishing boats, leisure craft, uh, world-class standards, some of the best in the world. A couple of people in Singapore who ordered them. Uh, But the business was structured in such a way that uh, mum was the receptionist, uh, the daughter was the... Uh, office manager, the son was the apprentice, mm-hmm. and dad was uh, was the master boat maker, and uh, they made really good boats. And I said, look, you know, you're making a couple thousand boats a year. I can take it to the next level for you. You know, I can really, you know, grow this into 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 Southeast Asia because, look, we've done with the cars, we've done with the big houses, the country club memberships. Next thing are leisure craft. That's the next big status symbol. We've moved beyond that now to aircraft. Uh, But I went out all the way to a little town in New Zealand, sat the family down and said, you know, look, uh, what does it take for you to come out to Singapore, get a few agents, grow the business? And Dad said, I'm sorry, but I have to go fishing. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm talking about growing your business. He says, No, 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 I have to go fishing. And what he was trying to tell me was, look, I'm not interested in selling a million boats. I'm interested in selling ten thousand boats a year, and uh, and then I posed another question, and he turned white. I said, "Look, you're the only one making the boats. You've got an order sheet of a couple of hundred boats for the year. What happens? You're sixty-eight years old. What happens if you drop dead from a heart attack? Is little Tommy in the corner then going to satisfy your books?" And you know it was the first time he thought about it, and that leads down to the point about uh, what a he said about pity money. Uh, you know, you 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 you're already going to get to a certain stage with pity money. Uh, even the Fendi and Hasnila story, you know, I, I would urge you to look at what Elka is doing. You know, build a business, build a sustainability story, build a a a, a company that has embedded culture into it as well. Uh, when an investor looks sometimes at, at at social enterprise, they only see the individuals. And the fear is, what happens if these individuals are no longer in the business? What are the risks of that happening as well? Uh, and we also want uh, people like Effendi and Haslina to be sustainable. We've got to take care of them as well. He's doing so much, pumping all his money, but who, who is actually looking out for for Effendi and you know, they, They've they quit jobs, they've put blood, sweat, tears into this. They, they make a lot of impact, 1.08 million impact. But... You know, the, the, the thing we're working with Fendi is saying that, look, you've got to build a business where we can see beyond the two of you. That, you know, as what Elka said, you know, you've got good financial people, modeling people. You know, how can we get a mini Fendi or a mini Haslina in the business who is just as passionate about, about building it as well? And then you've got to take that and then embed it into the organization and then people see a real business. And that's where I think the, the, the investments will come
0: okay thank you and uh can you share with us a funny story and also please let us know where do you see yourself two years from now
1: um a funny story i feel like i'm on the spot here um would you know what i well there's a couple but i will say that every single day of this journey has been there's been something that's been funny if it's not kind of a random road trip to Malaysia to go and meet some investors or, you know, being in New Zealand with my business partners with Joel and with Alan, who's a very Australian <clears throat> boy from Brisbane <clears throat> with all sorts of stories that go along. I mean, I, I've spent days, laugh, so, you know, my stomach sore from laughter by spending, you know, days with, with these guys who are just the best in the world. And, and I think um, that is one of the things that I have learned along this journey having come from where I've, you know, different businesses that I've worked before and starting other businesses in the past, um, surrounding myself with people that not only are the best around the table um, and best in the business, but also who are fun and uh, as passionate um, about the business as you, just makes every day fun. Um, but uh, one in particular, oh God, I don't even know if this is funny, but anyway. Say anyway. We promised to laugh. Well, you promise to laugh. We I get some cry. canned laughter. Um, no, when I, I had to fly actually to Europe to meet our supplier and um, of course are in spain in valencia and uh and i'm driving the funniest looking car out of the simpsons it was the randomest thing you've ever seen anyway i get get lost of course because some would argue because I'm blonde, but so I happened to stop and pull up next to these two policemen on motorcycles, and I said, I'm trying to find my way to this street in broken English, and they're broken, we couldn't understand, but I'm like, Google Maps, Google Maps, I'm trying to go here, anyway, so I got this police escort through the city of Valencia to get me to my meeting on time, because I'm like, I'm running late, I'm always running, anyway, I got this police escort, and my my colleague that was with me at the time, goes, there's nobody else in this world, El Pasco, that would get a police escort to a meeting in Valencia. So, you know, I did arrive on time, which again is quite surprising. But uh, no, I think um, when you've got the right people around you building a business, probably like you are with your wife, you know, every day's, every day's lots of fun. And the no, an second adventure. question: and an adventure, massive adventure. God, I've never laughed so much in the last two years. I've never been so stressed out in my life and I've never cried so much. But the laughter and the times that I've had with uh, the guys around, you know, around my management team are just fantastic. In um, two years from now, two years 70%. from now, yeah. um, well, two years from now, um, we will well, we will be out on the shelves um, and selling our product and nourishing, you know, babies and toddlers uh, here um, in Australia and New Zealand, in um, uh, in the Middle East, um, and uh, really starting to take the, I suppose, the hard work that we've, you know, that's been invested into what I consider this small baby of mine that I've you know birthed now um, and being able to look at you know as I said to you before the real reason why we started this business looking at how we actually can fund and make a difference um, to every child that's born and and really I suppose helping helping mothers and helping parents and mothers and fathers understand what you know the importance of nutrition and nourishing a child from the from the very beginning means um, obviously you know Breastfeeding is the best thing we you can give a child, and, and um, but if that's if you know if mother's you know, mothers can't do that, um, I'd like to think that in our journey in two years time, I can confidently look back and say, you've produced the most natural and the best infant formula on the market. That means that every child that's using your product um, is is going to thrive because of it, and as a result of that, then you know other children around the world are going to benefit as well.
0: Um, that'll be two years' time looking back. I'm sure you'll succeed and now uh, we'll look out for you two years from now. I hope yeah? so. 2020, here we come. Thank you. Uh, Thank and Fendi, please uh, share with us a short uh, funny story and where you see yourself two years from
2: now. It'll be really, really short because I don't have a funny story.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. You I, I just realised it. Uh-huh. You,
2: you made me reflect. I really don't have any funny stories. Uh, most of the time, uh, reflecting back, I, 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 I either be very, very quiet because I'm reflecting or I'll be one corner and uh, with tears in my eye. Um, the, the, I, the Maybe the only funny thing is um, many people feel that we are just two people, um, husband and wife, story, very hardworking. At the same time, we are very strategic. Uh, we When we are doing this, we surround ourselves with people who are capable We have a strong network of of CEOs, like I told you, the the SANS, the self-help groups and and so forth. So we develop this net uh, whereby when the two of us don't have the capacity, there's always this network whereby we are able to achieve our, our, our goal. In two years' time, we hope to be at least two to three steps closer to being a regional hub of helping marginalized women all over Southeast Asia. Because we are talking about uh, making them, make, uh, making a breakthrough in the fashion in, in industry. And if you want a whole segment of women to go, uh, we're basically pulling a segment of women and say, come on, we can thrive in this industry. Then different women must do different things in different parts of the world. So we hope to take maybe two steps closer. But based on the plan, 2020 is where 1.08 million, a social impact definitely it's something that we got we go, we're going to do one story is this uh we have a program we call life is so S- good
0: you're really a, yeah. I, I a creative yeah. Uh, company well,
3: when, yeah do you, you come up f- with these <laughs> things yeah.
2: you, should, you should switch your uh, uh, profession you to, yeah i
1: need you to have a look at the yeah. local because yeah.
2: yeah. i think mean, we need so what <laughs> the we wanted punch. to do we found out that uh, there's uh, many people during festive uh period they, they hide themselves in in the house for one week until the First of all, the spirit disappear because they got, for example, they don't have any new clothes to to go out with. So we decided that, okay, we're going to train you to make clothes. Not only that, we, we, we're we going to sell these clothes and, and we're going to get custom orders. First, for your family, the three phases I mentioned earlier, uh, an MP heard about us. So we, we gather all these women from all the different charities, we train them. Then uh, we talked to this MP They says, do you have marginalized women? They say, yeah, in my constituency. So can my group, the marginalized women who have been trained, sew for your group, but you pay, uh, besides uh, the other group. So then they did it, and and both sides cried. <laughs> no, those, those who did it uh, cried, and those who received it cried, because for those who did it, they, they realized it, it, was, it was not an easy process. Sewing is a craftsman art. So they, they went through the program and not only that they get income in, so they make a, a difference to their family. Not only that, not only they have money now, they are contributing to other women who, who don't have that, that uh, luxury of going through the training, but getting the new set of clothes. And, they, and, and that's very inspiring. Huh? So I, 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 I spent a few minutes with my wife, One corner, crying, laughing, crying, (laughs) laughing, you know. But we feel very happy and we want to uh, replicate that uh, as as many times as we can. And we want this woman not just to get livable wages, but wages enough to give up.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Uh, We have to uh, finish our show. Uh, I think we can continue to talk and talk and talk uh but just i would like to say one thing uh and as an entrepreneur myself i think uh, it's a very hard journey but you're doing amazing things and i think at the end of the day we really have to enjoy what we're doing and uh of course you have your sad stories but you have this big smile on your face (laughs) so i assume you're enjoying it and you said also that it's all about the fun and uh yeah thank you very much uh to elki from uh Little oak organic little oak organics, little oak organics Thank you. to Effendi from Teague Thank and you. to Malik from platform. Thank
3: you.